do you think gvs leaders should act like entrepreneurs and take their services externally what i found is that you really need to focus on that internal transformation first tell me about like how do you like measure like a success of gvs i try to skip over the sla and go right to business outcomes do you think the bpo industry will be dead in 7 10 years from now i don't think it's going to be dead but i think it's going to be different Welcome to GBS Masterminds podcast season 4. Season 4 is all about should GBS be its own company, spin off and be its own company, should continue to be in-house or should GBS sell its services for profit to other companies. Today we have an amazing guest, Jody with Ford, one of the largest GBSs. Jody, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah. Um, thanks for having me today, Sashi. I I am Jody Dudley. I am the the CEO of Ford Business Solutions. All right, Jody. So you actually probably are one of the largest GBSs. I think you are at what fifteen thousand or what's your total number? Yeah, of- end of the year we'll be at about seventeen thousand. Amazing, impressive. So I'm going to jump right in, um, Jody. Given where you are, you've probably seen a lot of GBS evolution. Do you think GBS leaders should act like entrepreneurs and take their services externally or continue to focus on being an exec and support your company's operations and transformation? So I I really think that uh you have to support the internal transformation first. If Ford Business Solutions is set up as an external company. Um you know so we are set up to sell externally to uh provide internal services to Ford all of our joint ventures. um all of our partners uh but also to sell externally but what i what i've found is that you really need to focus on that internal transformation first and maybe maybe at the distant future there'd be an opportunity for external sales but quite honestly uh i think that forces you to take your eye off the ball which is really to provide that service back to your entity and what's the future of gbs what's your take on that You know, I think GBS can be anything that you want it to be, quite honestly. I think people need to really think outside of the box of a traditional model, um, which is actually what we've done at Ford. So it's not just your traditional transactional processes that that uh we perform within the GBS, although they're there, right? Um but we we've really used uh our ecosystem of delivery centers to give access to a broader global labor market for Ford so you know even skills that you can't find readily in the US or European market we're finding in other markets and housing within our GBS because you know we have those services on the ground beautiful facilities places where people love to work so why not leverage the model i i i think you have to think beyond current definitions or maturity models and really find that solution that provides the most value to your company. Most of the time it's not going to be within those that box, you know, that historically has been drawn for GBS. But and tell me about like how do you like measure like a success of GBS? I know we talked about SLAs, business outcome. What's your take on that? You know, I I've always um gone well beyond an SLA. Um I uh I, in fact I you're going to laugh. I try to skip over the SLA and go right to business outcomes. I set up um what I call outcome aligned metrics 
for all of GBS. If you think about metrics as a pyramid, where the top of that pyramid would be your top 10 organizational outcomes, then maybe below that you have your functional or your end-to-end -end process outcomes, you know, and then you have process and operational uh, objectives that you're trying to deliver. I try to get my team immediately aligned to that so that they can see how the work that they do really influences the business outcomes that the organization is trying to achieve. So I, I think if you if you confine yourself to just an SLA, um, you know, you're going to miss the boat because you're just going to be focused on transactions instead of really being focused on, you know, what is my company trying to do and how do I deliver the most value? You've got to get people connected to, to the business. Absolutely. Because I think the SLA view would make it sound like you're like a help desk and more yeah. tactical versus you're tying yourself to the business outcomes of the departments you're working with. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, I mean, I just, I skip over the SLAs, um, go right to outcomes. You just waste time. Yeah. You know, it, maturity models, a lot of people think about it as being a linear thing, right? You start here and then you go here and you go here. You don't have to do that, right? You can always leapfrog uh, that maturity model and go immediately to four. Um, you don't you don't have to take the steps along the way. Uh, you have to be smart about it. Um, and you have to have cooperation from the functions in the business to do it. But it's it's there for the taking if you have the ambition to just jump ahead. All right. So the next question for you, the GBS organizations are becoming bigger. In your case, it's almost 17,000 people. Good that you have a big, large customer, which is your own company, but you're also mm -hmm. constrained by ways of work. I'm just curious, given that concept, is it easier to attract top talent or is it harder? So uh, within... Ford Business Solutions, our retention is excellent. Um, our attrition is very, very low. So even in India, we're below 10%, um, where you would typically see in the BPO industry, right? Numbers that are much, much higher than that. You might see 30%, you might see 35%. Um, mm -hmm. And in all of our markets, we do much better than the general market. Now, part of that is because Ford Business Solutions is large enough to provide career paths, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we try to provide uh, very competitive compensation packages. Uh, we provide beautiful facilities. So we didn't go um, kind of the, the cheap route. We took mm -hmm. a more strategic approach to making sure that our centers are destinations in themselves, right, with beautiful soccer and cricket fields, with places to get your hair cut, with convenience stores to shop in, with uh, creches, daycares, you know, uh, every service that you could imagine that an employee would want to make their life easy is there. Uh, so, so we've really made it uh, just a great experience for our employees. That's amazing. I love the cricket part. So tell me about that. How did you choose these locations? How do you plug into the local cultures and so forth? Um, well, we chose the locations based on, you know, kind of critical gravity for our business. You know, we looked around the world. We said, you know, where does Ford operate? Where would we benefit from having centers? I mean, we, we went through the typical location study, you know, that any consultant will bring you through, um, you know, to look at pros and cons of each location, um, but really you know, took it back to what makes the most sense for our business. Um, and then we also made sure uh, that we had leadership in place at each of those locations that was tied to the local culture so that we could, 
you know, bring in that culture. As much as possible, I tried to avoid inter, uh, international assignments from the U.S. or from Europe, right? So that we could have local flavors, local culture. We, we intentionally uh, designed the facilities. Uh, they all feel like Ford facilities, but they all have a little bit of a flavor and a little bit of a variation for the local culture as well. Uh, we want everyone to feel to feel at home, right? And so that that was really important in the way that we we set it up. Got it. So maybe one sensitive question for you: What do you think will happen to the BPOs? Do you think the BPO industry will be dead in seven, ten years from now, or they'll still be alive? I don't think it's going to be dead, but I think it's going to be different. Um, you know, I think as more and more companies automate as much as they can. Right. A lot of that kind of lower level uh, transactional work that that smaller companies typically send to BPOs, I think that will go away. And I think it already is going away. Um, I think, you know, the BPOs are trying to play in this space today where they want to create a higher value added experience, right? Because they know that things are getting automated. But what I find is that they, they don't really understand company strategy. They still have that SLA mindset because there's no way for them to really be connected to company strategy the way a captive center can be, right? There just isn't yeah. that type of communication. You know, so I think unless they're really focusing on, you know, digital capability, um, digitization of work streams, bringing in technology into that space, and they can really excel in that and offer that digital type of solution to companies at a lower price point than they could do it themselves, then I think they're going to stumble a little bit. Don't try to bring in this more value-added work because you're going to fail. But that digital space where you can bring in digital solutions, provide it to many companies, give a better economy of scale to smaller companies, that's where they need to focus right now. Um, and I, I hope they do because I think, you know, BPOs do have a role to play. Um, they just need to find the right spot in this kind of evolving GBS economy. Well, actually they do. So maybe one example, I'm curious what you think on this journey. So yeah. I need is we do like finance automation, order to cash, mm -hmm. record report, automation work. Yeah. We have seen in the last year and a half, a lot of the top uh, BPOs from Genpack, Tax Insurance, almost all of them have reached out and they really want to drive the business outcomes. The question for you is being on the other side, would you select a partner like a BPO to drive a business outcome transformation? I've tried in the past to give BPOs pieces of work where they're really focused on outcomes, but it doesn't connect, it misses somehow. And I think it's that strategy piece that I've been talking about that, that just, for me, never landed right. Um, so I, I don't think they're confined to transactional work, but I do think they need to be more focused on that digital solution versus trying to become ingrained in the business and the strategy of the business. I just don't think that's ever going to happen in a way to be as effective as you would want them to be. Got it. All right. So it's loud and clear for all the listeners, especially the BPO leaders out there. Yeah. The, the, uh, your customers are ready. You just need to be more strategic. Maybe it's a muscle memory as it gets drilled down. Uh, yeah. The companies have been around for a long time. Maybe the execs are yeah. ready, but the next levels and so forth. But doing that true digital transformation, talk track, strategic thinking, 
signing up for outcome seems like the way to go. Yeah, to me, that's that's the niche. That's the niche for them. Awesome. Exactly. Last question for you. This is the yes. most important for the GBS leaders who are going to be your <laughs> listeners. So most GBSs are 300 to 1,000 people. Yeah. What is your advice to a GBS leader listening to this podcast? If they have to grow their GBS by 10 times, what should they do? It doesn't matter how how many people we're talking about, right? It's understanding what's possible, what is industry-leading practice across all of the functions, um, and then doing the internal work. The internal work is the hardest part. Um, call it politics, call it what you want, but but bringing all of the stakeholders up to speed on what good looks like in industry and then having those hard discussions. I mean, it, to me, if you spend the right amount of time up front, you know, building, building the business case, helping everyone to understand why GBS and how GBS can benefit the business and then working with each of those functional leaders on what a North Star might look like, you save yourself so much time down the road. It's a big investment of time up front, uh, but once everybody is aligned in understanding and understanding and knows what a North Star might look like, you'll see that it just naturally starts to go and evolve. Follow-up question to that, Jody. So the logic and versus emotion, there are so many case yeah. studies. GBS is probably the one department that I have seen measurable outcomes delivered, clear, yes. whether it's cost savings and so forth. The emotion is losing control, right? Like think of a CFO or a chief accounting officer or a CHRO. I'm sure the logic is super strong, but they might not explicitly agree. So how do you overcome that? You know, I think there, there are different operating models within a GBS construct that can be used. There's the full ownership model where the GBS owns everything that happens in the centers and is responsible for all delivery. And then on the other extreme, right, you have landlord tenant where you're just managing facilities and maybe doing recruiting and providing services. But in between, I think there's room for another model, right, where you kind of have more of a partnership and share in the responsibilities. Um, and at Ford, we did that, right? We had all three models working where you have the two extremes, but in the middle uh, where we had honestly most of our work, we let the functions still have direct reporting line for people and we held the budget. And then we agreed mm -hmm. to continuous improvement, you know, objectives and, and goals so that it put tension on the system, right? Where mm -hmm. we were all forced to work together to deliver the best outcomes for the company. What I care about um, as a GBS leader is generating as much value for the company I'm working with as I possibly can. I think GBS leaders do themselves a disservice by saying it has to look like this. Uh, I think it can look like a lot of different things and you can run that within the same GBS model with different operational models as long as you have governance, you know, for Got each it. that make those successful. So Jody, it looks like you do a hybrid of the landlord-tenant model or is it only landlord-tenant model at Ford? No, it's everything. It's all three. Okay. Some okay. is completely owned. Some is in the middle where we own some, but not, you know, we share the responsibility and then some is landlord tenant. It's, it's all three. And I think, you know, again, 
um, you know, if you go to the GBS maturity models, they will say you, you can't get to a four unless you own it all. I think that's changing. I think all of that is changing to say, no, not necessarily, right? It, it can be a partnership. Um, yeah. And I think that partnership is, is important. Fully agree with you. That's a very interesting point that you don't need to do it like one or the other. And I did hear from a lot of GBS leaders kind of like the grab where you need to own it drive it. But what you're saying is it's much more easier to go to some stakeholders and say, I have this amazing talent pool. It's your, we're going to have a governance model. You can tap into it. So you're not making it sound like you're taking away work from them, right? As a starter. No, because I think, you know, some companies, um, you know, you get to the emotional part and the, the culture of those companies, it's, it's, you, you'll fail, Right. If yeah. you walk in the door and say, I have to own it all and I'm going to take it all away from you, but don't worry, it's going to be OK. You're going to fail. You know, you've got to you've got to come to the table in a way that uh, understands the culture of the company, what the business is trying to achieve and find the right path forward uh, within the context of that company to deliver the value. And it's it's not always the same answer. Amazing. So I guess maybe the biggest takeaway then is for the GBS leaders listening to the podcast, if you want your GBS to grow, you cannot have a one-size-fits-all and you have to be open Correct. based on your stakeholders to drive growth. Yeah, absolutely. Jody, thank you so much for being here. Amazing success story. Thanks for being our guest. All right, well, thanks for having me.